Ask that you open your Bibles tonight to Psalm 133. Psalm 133 as we continue the Psalms of Ascent. Now, uh, this Sunday we will finish the Psalms of Ascent when we look at Psalm 134. Psalms of Ascent, these were Psalms that, that traditionally was sang and prayed by Jewish pilgrims as they traveled to Jerusalem. And tonight we look at a little short psalm, Psalm 133. And before we look at it, uh, let's do go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you thanking you that love did lift us from our sinfulness unto you through our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, uh, help me as I read your word tonight, and help me, Lord, as your unworthy servant to preach your word, and help us to have open hearts to your word this evening. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Psalm 133, we read, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Unity is something that is essential for Christians together and for churches. Uh, disunity is not a good thing. And unfortunately, and I'm speaking as someone who's brought up Baptist, Baptists are notorious for disunity. There's a reason why there's so many Baptist churches in Louisiana, and it's not always cause of mission work. Sometimes it's cause they can't stand one another. I mean, they break up, they tear the church tears up, and they'll move down the road and start another one. And you know that. I know of that. I know of some that they'll leave that church, and right across the road, they'll build another church. What a sad testimony. What a sad testimony. You mean, you know, we're talking about, you know, how Jesus saved us, transformed us, and then we're living just like the world. I mean, there's something wrong there. Uh, Dr. Chris Crane, who is a, a, uh, a minister in the Baptist Missionary Alliance, uh, wrote, had a paper that on seven causes of church conflict or, or why churches split, why they tear up. And I thought it was, I'm shortening, I'm not going through the whole paper, but he had seven reasons. I thought most of these were really good. Why, do, why is there conflict in our churches so often and disunity? Number one, he said, was pride. I agree with that. You get people who are prideful. and You may not think you're prideful, but I would say that's probably... People get, you know, they get upset about something. They get their feelings hurt on something. Usually about nothing. nothing. It's been my experience being brought up in Baptist churches. Pride. Number two, 
He mentions spiritual or emotional immaturity. I've seen that before. I remember years ago as a kid in a church I was brought up in, they used to have on Mother's Day and Father's Day, uh, on Mother's Day you'd have these, uh, I think three flowers would be given out. One for the oldest mother, the one with the most children there, and number three for the for the youngest mother. And there was something similar on Father's Day. Uh, but you know what I'm talking about. That's a, You're just breeding... <laughs> because that poor song leader, he would ask, and and if he misses somebody, you know, it's going to be problems. He did that one time on Father's Day, and man, that guy got on the phone. He was so mad because he didn't get that flower. Now, you you know, we life about it. He he caused some problems, and, you know, and, and, uh, and I was thinking, you know, now it's a flower that's going to be dead within 24 hours, you know, a cassage, it's not going to, who can, you know, but that's, that's, that's pride and spiritual immaturity. But it so often, you know, happens. He, uh, Dr. Crane also mentioned that change and inflexibility. You know, churches change. I guarantee you this church is different than it was 10 years ago in some way. Not talking about doctrine or theology, but it's just little things that change, you know, uh, we might be singing a, a few different hymns than we used to sing. It, it, and, and these things can sometimes, you'll, I've heard it before, you get these new people in here and they change up things. You know, I've heard that. Uh, but change is part of life. That's part of our own lives. We're, you and I look different than we did 15 years ago. Uh, number four, abuses of power, he mentioned. This can be by by a, a pastor who lords over the church or even the, a, a board of deacons or even a family. Number five, church politics, uh, which is often common. Number six, unclear authority. Uh, and then number seven, personality differences between people. I think these are all pretty good. I would also add uh, an eighth one that causes conflict that he didn't mention is that many times you have people who are on the church roll who are sitting on the pews who are unconverted and they don't know the Lord and they cause conflict I truly believe that's a major problem very rare over theology has been my experience I've heard of it but I've never seen it and uh, I actually I'd feel a little bit better at least people were getting in the word arguing over it but usually it's over trivial things Silly things, color of carpet, something the the you know the the uh, air conditioner is not set right. It's always something like that. The devil knows how to get in. Tonight we look at Psalm one thirty three, where in this short psalm the psalmist speaks of the beauty beauty of unity among the people of God, and it is beautiful to see unity among the people of God. He says, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren, or we put even brothers and sisters, to dwell together in unity. If we are Christians, we're bought by Christ, we should be unified, my friends. Uh, it's good to see unity among the people of God. Now, we may have our differences. We may even have our you know, different personalities. But it's beautiful when we are united in the gospel 
and in the Lord that we worship. I tell you, it's no fun when you go into a church where there's disunity, as I've already mentioned. And I've been a part of some. I, I was I was part of one, well, I'm not going to say how many years ago, just in case somebody watched this video, but, uh, but one where it was about like going into the House of Representatives in Washington. You had the Republicans on this side, Democrats on this side. Well, you had parties in the church. People who were kin to one another who couldn't stand one another. Terrible. Disunity. Folks, uh, you can see on YouTube and TikTok a lot of people, these people who have left the church, and they talk about as a child how that they saw all the hate and all this going on, and that they left the church. They saw some of the evil. How we act affects others. And look, I'm not giving no excuses for these these people who are who have left the church and now talking about you know how that they were hurt and and uh, they're going to answer to God, but at the same time we can destroy our witness. We can destroy our witness and hurt people's souls. I've seen it. You know, he mentioned that that doctor I mentioned about uh, church politics. I saw church politics when I was a youth pastor at a church where they tried to run, run off the, the senior pastor and almost did in a business meeting. Uh, cutthroat things. Things that you, that you see in the, the world. Having members, people who I've never seen before on the church roll come just to vote. Now they lost, but that was evil. There's evil, folks, when there's disunity. As Christians... We should be able to solve our conflicts, folks. We should be able to solve it in a godly manner where we can, you know, if we have conflicts, we can uh, pray about it and have empathy for others to understand that, you know, what so-and-so said, they probably didn't mean, you know, to offend me. They probably just was, you know, we're misinterpreting. Look, the devil will work on your flesh. And, uh, and, and, uh, and, and you know, it, it's not good when we have that. And I, I remember another story. Y'all hearing all these stories that I'm telling. I, uh, when I was uh, in college, a friend of mine, we visited a church on a Wednesday night. And they were having business meeting. And they were voting on a pastor. And I'm telling you, it was something else. It was like WWE wrestling. I mean, it was... It was matter of fact, one lady came to us and whispered, says, if y'all would like to leave, you we won't be offended. I said, thank you. And we slipped out. I mean, it was that bad. I mean, it was really bad. Now, what if me and the brother, it was Brother Bobby White, who's a pastor up in northwest Louisiana now, but what if we had been lost and saw all that? You see what I'm saying? Disunity is a disgrace. Uh, but, but unity is great. Notice in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verses 46 and 47, what Scripture states, what Luke says about the early church here, right after Pentecost, about what was it like being a part of this church. This is right after the day of Pentecost. It states in Acts chapter 2, 
verses 46 and 47. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Notice they continued daily with with one accord. One accord. One accord means one mind. These are different people in the temple. I mean, this was before there were church buildings. Breaking bread house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, meaning great unity amongst them. They were praising God, having favor with all people. Even those outside the church, they could see there was something different about them. And the Lord added to the church, when lost people see us at Grace, Fellowship, Baptist Church, they should see something different in us. They may not agree with us. They, they, may, not, they may despise our message, but they should be able to say there's something different about them the unity, the love. In Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, Paul states, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, there's one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. Keep the unity. Uh, in the bond of peace. There's one body. Not two. One body and one Spirit. We can get to the point where we think we're competing with other churches. And I've, I've seen that before. You know, that we're competing with the church down the road. My friends, uh, if they're preaching the gospel of Jesus, I'm not. We're not in competition. We're, we're fighting against the devil. Make every effort. Keep the unity of the church within us uh, to, to, with other fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm, I'm blessed there's brothers and sisters that I work with at Walmart that I can fellowship with. Now, we may have some theological differences but we do believe in Jesus Christ. We do believe that we've been saved by grace through faith. And, and I enjoy fellowshipping with them in the lunchroom and, and talking about the Lord. Oh, it's great to see God's people united. Not only here, but even in the workplace. Fellow brothers and sisters that you may know. It's a witness to those around us. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 1, a very short verse here, but a beautiful verse where the writer of Hebrews just states, let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. Another translation of this NLT states, keep on loving each other. Amen. Let brotherly love continue. May we love one another. Uh, knowing that, look, we are one. We are one people who have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're all sinners saved by grace. We all fail. We all come short. 
but we are brothers and sisters. And in some ways, folks, many of us maybe feel more of a kinship to one another than we do to some of our own blood family who are, who are without Christ. And in a sense, we are more know one another. I mean, we are, con- we are connected in some ways more than that because we know we're going to heaven and that, some of them don't understand that. In 1 John chapter 3, verses, verse 14, John states, We know that we have, been, that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Uh, look, the love for our brothers and sisters in Christ is a fruit of being a Christian. It's, it's, a, it's, it's just something that's, that's part of, that comes from being a Christian. It's proof, you know, a fruit of that belief that we're following Christ. It shows People who have no love for their brothers and sisters or could care about less about the church, that's not a good sign. Because when you, we were saved, there was a change made in our heart. And we, we should love one another. And if we leave this area and move someplace else in Louisiana or the United States, we should seek to find another fellowship of believers, a church where we can worship and study the Word of God in unity with believers. Now going back to Psalm 133, uh, in verse 2, it may seem odd, verse 2 is, because really verses 2 and 3, the psalmist who we believe was David uses two illustrations to show unity, show the unity of believers. And the first illustration he uses is Aaron, the high priest, and this would be be any of the high priests of Israel, by the way, but he uses Aaron. He says it's like precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment. Now, I'm not going there, but Exodus 29, verse 21, if you want to write that down, tells us how the high priest was consecrated, that oil, anointing oil, and this was not just regular uh, olive oil, but it was a, what I understand it was very, it had a, it's believed to be very fragrant, smelt very, just beautiful smelling, and it would, they would anoint the high priest, he would be anointed, each high priest would. And that anointing oil, would run down the beard and the skirt and their garments all the way to the end. Uh, and so what what the high priest was when he was anointed, he was being consecrated for the service of the priesthood. And that all went down his beard, his clothing. And it is a picture, what David is showing here, this is a picture of a man who was consecrated to the service of the Lord. And that is a picture of what the church should be. John Gill states that the ointment was a figure of the graces which come from Christ, the head of His church. 
as God's holy, united people here in our in this local congregation, we should be a people consecrated to the service of the Lord. Uh, you don't come here to hear, uh, you know, to just hear, have uh, just Brother Jimmy or myself or whoever, Brother Gary or whoever's here, Brother Chris pr preaching. We're not here to entertain you or perform for you. Look, we all gather for the worship of the Lord. When we sing, when we pray, when we hear the word, we're at worship. And we're, we should be, you know, it, what David uses here, this first is, it, it may seem kind of odd when you first read it, but what he's showing is we should be just like that high priest in the Old Testament who was consecrated to the work of the Lord. God's church is consecrated for the work of the Lord, to worship Him, uh, to, to, to be a people, a blood-bought people consecrated to the worship of the Lord. I, as I was uh, <clears throat> studying this, I brought it in my mind was Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, part of the Lord's Prayer, the disciples' prayer. Uh, where, where, we, where it states in verse 12 where Jesus stated part of this prayer is and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors as people who have been forgiven of our sins we are to forgive others we not only you know we pray for hey, the forgiveness of our sins, we ask for forgiveness of our, our sins as we forgive others who offend us and hurt us. And look, each and every day, I promise you, out in this old world, there's people who can get under your skin. But we're, we're, we got to keep being reminded, we've been forgiven more. We've been forgiven more. Look, I, I don't know who, who said it, said if somebody, it may have been Martin Luther, I'm not sure who it was, that said if somebody, you know, cusses you out, you know, says evil things about you, uh, just remind, you can just be reminded you're worse than they, they're telling you you are. <laughs> You've been forgiven by Christ. I'm not sure who said that, but it's so true. You, you Spurgeon, Spurgeon said it, thank you. I couldn't remember who that was. I should have wrote it down. Uh, we're a lot worse than they say we are. You know, but thank God we've been forgiven and changed. And we got to remind ourselves, but for the grace of God, we could be like some of these people who cuss us out or say vile things. Oh, let's be a forgiven people, a consecrated people. And it's not easy. It, it, look, it's easy for me to preach this right now, but when we get out in the world or even forgiving one another, sometimes, look, it's, we, we like to talk about forgiveness until it comes to us forgiving others. We like to hear about us being forgiven. But what about those who hurt our feelings, who, who, who do us wrong? And the second illustration here that David uses is uh, another one that's, uh, that's, that uh, you might, might be kind of hard for us to understand today, just like that with the, the high priest. But it says the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion for there the Lord commanded the blessing even life forevermore. 
Here he uses the unity of brothers and sisters as compared to the dew that falls upon Mount Hermon. And, and it's basically that dew that refreshes the ground, making it suitable uh, for, uh, for crops, to make it where there'd be growth. Uh, I, I'm, re, I'm reminded years ago that when I was at First Baptist Wilson, Louisiana, when I was there, there were two, I believe, two large pecan trees between the parsonage and the church. And it was a hot summer. And when it got hot there, those two trees, that little pathway, it usually is grace, it turned to dirt. And what it was, those two trees were sucking up every bit of nutrient and water they could. They were battling. And it wouldn't and it's it stayed dirt brown, the grass would die until rain came. And then the green it come back to life, the green. He's saying it's it's the unity of God's people is like the dew that comes upon the mountains of Zion's, upon on Mount Hermon. It's refreshing the ground. And it's refreshing, my friends, to see unity among God's people, to be in God's church. Now, uh, when I first visited this church, and, um, and it was, <laughs> I know that y'all heard this story. It was actually, I say it was, well, you can say it's by accident, but it was by the providence of God. Because I was invited to another church that was meeting here that afternoon, Wadesboro Baptist Church. Uh, but I was given the wrong time. And so I came when y'all were meeting, and I was very impressed. You know, it was just, I felt love. I saw the unity. Uh, and, it, and, it, it, and even after Wadesboro unfortunately shut down, I thought about this church. See, it had an impression how that God, I saw the unity and love among God's people had an influence upon me. And I know it does on other people, my friends. And I'm not doing that just to make us prideful, but just to give a testimony. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10, the Apostle Paul states, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Oh, that there be not divisions among us. Uh, let's always have the mind of Christ to know that you know, if we start having divisions and hate toward a brother and sister and that starts getting in our mind, remember that's your flesh. That's the devil trying to get in there. That's pride. You've you got to fight it. Uh, we got to put it to death, as John Owen states. Put it to death, mortified, as Paul <laughs> states, because those things can cause trouble. Oh, how we need to be unified as God's people. In John 17, verses 21 through 23, part of the great high priestly prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ, right before he would go to the cross, one of the most beautiful prayers, maybe the most beautiful prayer in the entire Bible, this whole chapter, 
John chapter 17. And some do call this the true Lord's Prayer. Uh, but he states in verse 21, this is part of his prayer. Well, let's start in verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. And what was Jesus' prayer? That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee. And they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one, I and them and thou and me, that they may be, may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved me as thou hast loved me. Uh, love them, excuse me, as thou hast loved me. Friends, may they see the love of Christ in us, that we may be one as the Father and the Son are one. There was a song, I believe it was part of the Jesus movement back in the 70s, and I remember as a kid we used to hear that, uh, we are, we are one in the spirit. We are one. I can't. They'll know we are Christians by our love. I'm not going to sing that song for you, but I remember that. They'll know we are Christians by our love. By our love. Isn't that true, though? It's true. Uh, the love that we have for one another testifies that we have been saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, that there's something different. The world needs to see that today. They love to see disunity. They love to see churches tearing up and Christians hating one another. They love to see that. It feeds the flesh. It makes them say, well, why should I turn to their Jesus that they believe in when they can't even get along with one another, when they tear their churches up, move down the road? Oh, it shouldn't be. It should not be. May we, may we keep the unity of the Spirit May we be one, remembering all the blessings that our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us by his precious death upon the cross. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. O oh, merciful God, help us always as God's people to be united, loving one another, Bearing with one another, even when we may have differences, Lord. May the lost world see that we have been changed by Christ. And when the devil and our flesh creep into our mind to take offense, something on another brother or sister that we may perceive has offended us, may we always, Lord, realize that's the voice of the devil and not give in to it. Oh Lord, help us as God's people, as your local church here, to always, Lord, be a loving people for one another. And may we, uh, in our places that we work or go to school at, when we find other brothers and sisters in Christ, oh Lord, help us as we fellowship to testify of what Christ has did for us. And help us as we leave here this evening to continue 
to share that gospel of Jesus Christ to this lost world. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, you got it. <laughs>